I grew up with a medically fragile father. And so I was, I hate to say it, but bred to be a caregiver from like a very young age. Mostly it's managing <laughs> a house full of everyone on a different part of a spectrum. Shannon Blount is also working full time. The kind of straw that broke my back was feeling like I just essentially had my children's needs just kind of falling out of my hands like sand and I couldn't stop it. I'm Mike Pachenik. On this special episode of The Balancing Act, we're taking a closer look at why Shannon's not alone and why a new report from the Rosalind Carter Institute for Caregivers says employers must do more to support caregiving employees. I think that what was most surprising is how widespread this is. Karen Cavanaugh is Chief of Strategic Initiatives at RCI. She's spearheading the Working While Caring initiative. The Working While Caring initiative it really has three objectives in service of two big goals. And the objectives are first to raise awareness of this really critical cohort of the workforce, those who are working while also providing care for someone who is aging, ill, or disabled, to identify and then expand effective employer supports, and then to see if we can organize employers to be more vocal and visible agents of reform on that broader context of care. So really reforming the system. As part of the initiative, RCI released a study called Invisible Overtime. It found nearly one in five American workers is doubling as an unpaid family caregiver. The study found those employees spend an average of 20 hours a week on caregiving duties. For many caregivers, providing care is really a second job. Kavanaugh says those caregiving responsibilities forced one in three employees to leave the workforce, hitting women especially hard. There are disproportionate health effects as well. Caregivers compared to non-caregivers have more negative health outcomes in part due to the experience. And that's reflected also in employee caregivers of color. In terms of the workforce, employees of color more often as compared to their white counterparts have to quit a job for caregiving responsibilities, go from full-time to part-time or stay in a job longer than what they would want to. And that has all kinds of effects, again, on career development, job opportunities, and growth. RCI also found employees spend, on average, $20,000 a year out of pocket to care for loved ones and missed an average of three workdays a month. Kavanaugh says it's all affecting employee productivity and employer bottom line. And while the pandemic has enlightened some company leaders, Awareness is still really critical. You can certainly find pockets and you can find some leading employers on this, but awareness writ large in terms of understanding the effects and then acting to do something really still needs a lot of work. RCI released a list of recommendations for what employers should do, including adding a caregiving question module to employees' surveys, establishing caregiving resource groups, reducing the stigma, by engaging company leaders to show support for employee caregivers and training managers about the issues employee caregivers are facing. They need to understand, you know, the variation in these experiences. What are these experiences like? How might they show up at work? And then how to do outreach to someone in a way that protects privacy as well, of course. But critically, if a supervisor or manager is going to talk to someone about employee caregiving and how the workforce might help, they have to have concrete tools to offer 
RCI also recommends employers identify gaps in their benefits that could help employee caregivers. I think that what's really important is underscoring that employers can do a lot more for their employee caregivers, we believe. It's a really important partner stakeholder to engage. Jennifer Bluestein is Chief Talent Officer at Perkins Coie, a multinational law firm offering the HomeThrive caregiving benefit to her team. HomeThrive is a next-generation caregiving innovator, revolutionizing support for unpaid family caregivers and their loved ones. If you're striving to be a top-quality employer, you got to try some of these things. Bluestein says the benefit helps the caregivers on her team get the help they need so they can focus on their jobs. It's high-level people that are using this benefit. Their hourly rates are really high. And so we did calculate how many hours of work need to be saved for this to basically make sense. If it saves 100 hours of work within the organization, billable work, that's our break-even point. And we're probably gonna well surpass that in the first year. We are the number one rated professional services and consulting firm for the best places to work survey in Fortune Magazine, number one this year. I think a large part of that goes to offering benefits like this that people don't even know they need until they get it. Shannon Blount's employer, Teladoc, also offers Home Thrive. They want you to come to work and they want you to be a whole person versus just someone that comes there, checks in, does their job, and then checks back out. Because if they're addressing everything about you, then you're more present when you're at work. Sometimes I can't even quantify like how much of an experience it's already been. She agrees with RCI about the importance of employers helping their employee caregivers. So if they're worried about the bottom line and keeping people focused while they're at work, then give them tools that allow them to focus while they're at work. To learn more about how you can support your employee caregivers, visit homethrive.com. Go to the Who We Serve tab and scroll down to Employers. Again, that's homethrive.com. Go to the Who We Serve tab and scroll down to Employers. For Home Thrive, I'm Mike Pachenik.